power on. The following is a presentation of the Sovereign Tech podcast feed. The man of tomorrow is here, baby. And wow, um, what you are about to experience, because <laughs> you ain't just hearing it, baby. What you are about to experience is my most recent appearance on the Agora podcast. Of course, Sec and Penguin of the Agora podcast, those two and I, the three of us, um, we have kind of turned my appearances into a sub-series uh, of the Agora podcast, but it seems to be a fairly popular one, certainly is in my feed, um, where we talk about the weird and the strange, uh, and we just go into off-the-wall places and really just let the conversation just hang loose. It's a great time. I love it. Uh, it's rare that, you know, anybody, let alone me, but that anybody, you know, can find a couple of other brilliant people you know, and have a forum, uh, you know, to, to converse and just be able to keep playing at that high level. Uh, I love it. And so, it, you know, it's something I always look forward to do or look forward to doing. And this is one though, the episode you are about to hear, uh, went, boy, I don't know. Did we go two hours? We went over an hour, over an hour. I know that, um, <laughs> we, we went a while, uh, with, with this added, with my intro added in, it might turn into two hours. That's why I say that. But regardless, um, we ended up talking about, I wouldn't say normal things, but we s certainly didn't go on the galactic scale, nor did we get into, you know, the nitty gritty of existence and things like that. Um, it was a great conversation. I think there are a lot of things in it that needed to be said, needed to be questioned that there's messages in regards to like activism, um, and, and, you know, even community building and other things that, that just don't get talked about enough, uh, that I'm glad we got the chance to do it. A good chunk of this episode though, that we did was really around, uh, sec grilling me on Bitcoin, basically saying, you know, it, it gets, you'll hear, you'll hear about it, but you know, he has a lot of questions about Bitcoin and essentially, you know, is saying like, you know, is this really such a great thing? Here are the problems X, Y, Z, and we go over them. And some of the problems, uh, I don't disagree with him on. And I will admit that the ultimate conclusion we come to is that, all right, you know, Bitcoin isn't perfect but it's better than everything else. Now you can argue that that's not saying much and sec would certainly argue that. Um, but that that's, that's really the conclusion we come to on this, but we bring up a lot of, you know, sec brings up a lot of problems. Um, I you know, respond to them, bring in a lot of history of Bitcoin, the direction Bitcoin was supposed to go and so on. Um, but in the intervening weeks, and I want to say it's been two, three weeks or so, uh, since we recorded this and now it's appearing in the sovereign tech feed, uh, in the intervening weeks, there is, there is a, an article in Coindesk, um, which I'm, I'm still a fan of, of Coindesk. I know some of the people that run that show and they are just, they, they are on, they're, they're playing for the right team. Let's put it that way. Okay. Um, I still enjoy, I, I'm not saying Coindesk is perfect by any means. Okay. 
<laughs> maybe better than Cointelegraph. I, I might be putting my foot in my mouth saying that, but whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I deal personally, like I deal with a lot of these crypto media outlets um, quite a bit uh, in other work that I do. But that's besides the point. Um, I still I still think Coindesk puts out great stuff and they have really brilliant people working for them. Um, one guy, Jeff Wilzer, did an amazing piece towards the end of March 2022. It was March 21st, 2022. And it's here's the title. Don't call it a comeback. The unlikely rise of home Bitcoin mining. Now, I will link in the show notes to this article, along with some other material that I'm going to talk about here quickly. I don't need to do a huge intro, um, but this is something I, I want to get out there because while the conversation Sec Penguin and I have around Bitcoin may make it seem like Bitcoin has become centralized or that it's not all sunshine and rainbows anyway. And, you know, I, I still think there's a lot of validity to saying that uh, this article really struck me and actually inspired me uh, and had me walking away feeling much better not necessarily, I mean, I still feel great about Bitcoin. Like, look, I, I, I love cryptocurrencies and if anything, just the, <laughs> just the, I don't know, the, the beating that it gives the legacy financial system. And it really does, you know, man, <laughs> I love it. Uh, so, you know, I'm a fan of Bitcoin. Uh, please don't confuse anything that you hear, uh, in this episode to suggest otherwise, but I've become even more of a fan finding out that what the, cause what this article is all about, finding out that there is really an underground of, uh, miners, home miners, solo miners, or even miners that are engaged at, you know, who are connected to mining pools, uh, that are using in crypto terms, antiquated equipment, right? Like an S nine miner, you know, which those are from like what, 2016 or something like that. Uh, they're using them in, in some ways, the way that God intended, or I mean the way Satoshi intended <laughs> anyway, uh, where they even use them as like space heaters for their home. And that's part of their justification for running them. You know, they'll spend 300 bucks on getting these, these, uh, you know, little mining, older mining rigs, uh, and, and yeah, they'll use them to like heat their home, even though they're very loud or whatever, you know, they, they, they figure things out and there's telegram groups where people are engaged in all this. And, uh, there's this amazing, and I'll link to this as well. There's this amazing, uh, it's a manifesto. It's not really a blog post, uh, by a guy named diverter, uh, that's that, that was done in January of 2021. And it was, it's called mining for the streets. And it gets into the ethos and the how, you know, the how to um, of setting up your own mining rig, either connecting to pools or, you know, doing like actual solo mining. Now, the funny thing is, so, I mean, it's amazing. And, and apparently like solo miners and like these these more uh, DIY mining pools uh, are growing in popularity. In just over the past couple of years, uh, they may make up for anywhere between two to 5% of the Bitcoin network. Um, now the mining pool thing. Okay. There's a chance that, you know, with a mining pool, which is a bunch of different solo miners joined together, you know, sharing their, 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 you know, their hash rate, right. Their, their processing. And they all get like a payout. They all get part of a payout if they actually solve a block, you know, on the Bitcoin blockchain. Um, and you know, that's one thing, but then like, 
and, and that's great. Like, I, I think that's a totally valid thing to do. But then like the solo, solo miners, like the miners that are really just doing it on their own and just, you know, running, running a node, running a miner. Um, the attitude that these people have, and it's all in this Coindesk article. You, it, it's absolute. I know, you know, the term must read gets, uh, gets, gets tossed around quite a bit, but really this is a must fucking read. Um, the solo miners, like they don't even, uh, for, to some degree, they don't really care about, you know, whether or not they, they solve a block. Um, and if they're like part of, but also, you know, if you're in a mining pool, like you might make a little bit, or even if, you know, you're, you're not like solving a big, you know, the block or whatever, like th there's some money to be made, even if it's just two or $3 a week or, or two or $3 a day, or, you know, something like that, whatever the math happens to be. But they have two thoughts on this. One is that the little bit of Bitcoin they do make is what you call non-KYC Bitcoin, meaning you got it anonymously, which that's one of the things SEC and I talk about or, you know, SEC brings up is that the anonymity isn't actually there because, you know, everything's become so institutional. And he's not necessarily wrong. But then there's a lot of people who still believe in Bitcoin who believe that that's the way it should be, and they're doing what it takes to get it. Now, not only that, so there's that aspect of it, which I think makes it beneficial. And again, what's two or three dollars in Bitcoin today could be who the fuck knows how much Bitcoin, you know, in even just a year or hell, even a month, uh, you know, could be exponentially more than that. But also the attitude that I love is a lot of these people do it just to just to help in even the smallest way secure the Bitcoin network, which is a point that I bring up in our conversation, um, you know, on into the void that say what you want about Bitcoin. It's the most secure network, you know, computer network on the planet. And that's amazing, you know, and there's value in that. Um, and, th and that's, that's what a lot of these solo miners are doing. I mean, I have, you know, a, a, a van lifing trip coming up, uh, but boy, I got to tell you, if I wasn't doing that, um, I'd probably be getting my hands on, on a, on a cheap S nine right now. And I'd start running that baby. Um, I mean, I've already been, you know, been tempted to set up like a lightning node and, and other things. Um, I mean, again, there there's value in doing these, uh, there's value in, in strengthening that network alone. Um, and they bring up a point in the article as well that I thought was, was really fascinating. Again, you just, you got to read this. Um, there's also a Twitter thread I'm going to, I'm going to link to as well, uh, from one of the, one of the people in the, you know, that are part of this story where they explain their whole experience with solo mining. Um, but the article brings up this point that, you know, like any other asset, there are bear and bull markets. Now, do we wish that, you know, Bitcoin wasn't, uh, uh, you know, privy to that sort of thing? Sure. You know, it wasn't prone, I should say. It was, isn't prone to that sort of thing. Of course, we'd love that. Again, you, you can you got to hear the episode of Into the Void to get. I mean, I'm giving you like a couple conclusions that were come to, but there is a lot of, of stuff to extract and pull, uh, you know, from this episode. And that's to say nothing about the conversation that has nothing to do with Bitcoin later on. And there's a conversation around like Netflix and ecology and all that. I mean, there's a lot in this episode, but the Bitcoin thing is something I, I just, I want to bring up because I read this article and it was just, again, so inspiring. Um, but, you know, there's the chance that Bitcoin could do a, a really hardcore, hardcore nosedive. And while right now it seems like, and it again, seems is the, the, the key term. It seems like 
you know, like Bitcoin mining, you know, solving the blocks is being done by <laughs> effectively multi-million dollar operations. Um, and who can compete with that? Here's the thing. If Bitcoin ever did, I don't think Bitcoin will ever go to zero. Okay. And I've already talked about that in plenty of places. But if Bitcoin did take a dive, like a major dive, uh, there's the very real chance that a lot of those, you know, mining operations, multi-million dollar mining operations, uh, it would not be, you know, fiscally feasible for them to keep an operation. So th then what happens to Bitcoin? You know, what happens to this incredible liberatory tool? And I still believe it is that. What happens is uh, all of these solo miners <laughs> become the most important people on the planet. And I think that there is a beauty in, you know, being that uh, that redoubt that, uh, you know, like that, that that redundancy plan. But I think actually redoubt is probably the best term for it, uh, be, you know, being that redoubt for for this incredible network that has, you know, that has just grown and multiplied uh, and again, proven to be so useful. I mean, let's be clear here. Bitcoin was useful 10 years ago. The reasons Bitcoin needed existed were true 10 years ago, and they're still true today. Uh, now, could you apply this same logic, you know, of solo mining and everything that, that, that gets talked about in this article? Could you apply this to varying altcoins? Uh, yeah, I think that there's absolute value in doing the same thing with Litecoin in doing the same thing with, you know, certain privacy coins. Uh, if, you know, mining like that kind of proof of work mining, uh, you know, is, is part of the program still. I mean, you know, let's let's be clear here, like with what with MWeb and some of the, you know, uh, planned implementations within Litecoin, uh, that shit gets real interesting, you know, and wanting to engage in in, you know, bolstering that network, engaging in solo mining there uh, might, you know, might actually be more worthwhile. Um, so again, you know, we talk about it in this, people think I'm a Bitcoin maximalist. I understand why they think that, but I actually, like I've said it over and over again. I love Litecoin. I think Litecoin's phenomenal. I think some of the privacy coins are fantastic. Uh, you know, I mean, again, it's a, it's an incredibly short list of things that intrigue me. Um, but Litecoin's certainly there and it is still proof of work. You could, you know, you could engage in a, in a similar process. Uh, here, you know, or with, with a similar ethos. And I think that's incredibly worthwhile or do it with Bitcoin. Again, there's value, there's intrinsic value in the action itself. And there's ways that you could very cleverly take advantage of the mining rig, you know, and again, there's plenty of places out there to, uh, to look, to look into it. And I think that article is a great place to start. So I wanted to open up talking about that, saying that it's not like, you know, as much as we were talking about Bitcoin and a lot of it may sound negative, uh, you know, there's still like a very real underground in Bitcoin that gets it of like what Bitcoin was supposed to be, you know, and they are doing their level best to keep those options available. Um, and again, there's other, you know, if you want to look at other cryptocurrencies, you certainly could, you know, with that similar ethos. Uh, so I want to bring that up and, and also, again, like I said, it was so inspiring to me. I loved, um, reading this and I mean, there, there's a, I only scratched the surface of what this article talks about. So you, you've got to read this probably as far as cryptocurrency goes, even though I know we're in April of 2022, I, I think it's safe to say this is the most important cryptocurrency article of 2022. 
Um, I can't picture anything else being more important because this is talking about power to the people and fucking right. You know, that's what cryptocurrency this, and certainly Bitcoin was supposed to be about. Um, so if you don't like that Bitcoin has gone to the institutions, to the institutionalists, to whatever, uh, or that it's gone more mainstream, you can actually actively, you know, balk that uh, while still participating in the network itself, which I think is an amazing thing. So go for it. Anyway, um, with all of that said, I don't want to take up any more time because you've got a brilliant conversation. Uh, not for me. The other two guys are the brilliant ones. <laughs> but, you know, you've got you've got a fantastic conversation to get into. Um, I know we're going to be doing uh, more into the voids. I mean, I don't know if we plan on doing them like monthly, but certainly like sec is hitting me up all the time saying, oh, yeah, we got to record again. And, and he's bringing up subjects that we got to get into, some of which play off of um, conversations that people are really finding benefit from. And I'm honored by that, uh, from the Wednesday Q and A's that are Patreon only. And of course, if you want to join that patreon.com slash sovereign tech. And in fact, if you join that, you also get access to the, uh, we did on for March of 2022, we did the live Q and A where it was a mashup between myself and the boys at the Agora podcast. Uh, and that was awesome and allowed me to get into different subjects than I usually do also. Uh, so there's a lot to get. If, you know, if you're feeling like, man, my sovereign tech feed, I want more hit up Patreon. There's a lot more, <laughs> I mean, a lot more. And you get the discord channel as well, where this kind of stuff gets discussed. Um, but, uh, yeah, great conversation to be had here covering a lot of ground. Again, it's not all cryptocurrency that does take up quite a bit. Uh, but we get into very important subjects even beyond that, uh, that I, I think are valuable. Um, especially if, if you're very, um, ideologically inclined, let's put it that way. So I will, uh, let the episode ride itself out and I will see all of you whoo, on the other side. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Agora Podcast. I'm Penguin, joined here with my co-host Sek Magora and with Dr. Brian Sovereign. It's we're here with another episode of Into the Void, a uh, kind of ongoing side series we have, um, numbered differently and everything, uh, but uh, just part of the Agora Podcast experience where we really go into the weeds and discuss just a whole bunch of issues at length. And we have some great uh, stuff on our minds just to kind of spew out to the masses. Um, I think this is, I think this will be numbered as, as Into the Void 2. I know our, our first one really was one of our episodes with Brian where I think we at some point kind of, I think it was off air, but brainstormed the idea of this series. Basically, like I said, we just go into the weeds even more than usual. Um, but welcome, Brian and ASEC. Welcome back, Brian. Um, uh, we had a great time recently. Actually, uh, why don't I mention this? We had a great time with you at your Q and A uh, recently. We did, we did a couple of days ago. Um, and, and if anybody wants to hear that, you will have to either be, I think, a patron of Brian or definitely a patron of ours. So please join our Patreon. But welcome back, Brian. Thanks, Penguin. Yeah, uh, that I, I got to tell you that I've met myself. You know, I've been doing Q and A's uh, for my patrons. You know, on Patreon for years. Um, I had never done like a mashup live Q and A. You know, with with other hosts from another show like that. And I thought it turned out dynamite. I know the response from my listeners, uh, from my patrons. You know, and all, it was was fantastic. Um, that was that episode was a lot of fun. Very practical. Got to talk about things on my end that I you know usually uh, you 
well, I don't get into too often anyway, um, but that I certainly have thoughts on and sport. And, and I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I can't, I lost count of how many listeners were saying, you know, were like clapping at what Penguin was saying throughout the thing, you know, just like, oh man, great rant. Uh, so yeah, if you want to hear that, either sign up for the patrons, uh, you know, for these guys, the Agora podcast, or you're welcome to sign up, uh, you know, with, with Sovereign Tech as well. Um, but that, that was awesome. And of course, uh, I think you guys are planning on doing your own Q and A's, right? <laughs> however many sec wants to do um but yeah sec and i both had some great quotables sec had like an amazing rant towards the beginning i, I think i might want to go in and clip clip that one out uh that was yeah that was i was pretty well um that's pretty good for like a q a episode but i i know i've listened to uh, at least one youtube creator who does um some q a's and i gotta say q a's can be a really oh there goes sec. There goes sec. <laughs> the man got him. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he'll be back. Yeah, well, we'll keep it, we'll keep the recording going. We'll just we'll splice yeah, we'll just keep riffing. Yeah. Oh, you want to do that? Okay, okay. Yeah. Um. Well, let me get my phone. Oh yeah. So it's like when are we um doing another Q- and some Q and A episodes. I know Brian brought up we might be doing some uh, Q and As. Oh yeah, probably once a month anyway. GPS yeah. I, signal lost. I think you guys would would rock at that. Um. Somebody's GPS is working. That's great to know. (laughs) We might be lost, but someone out there isn't. (laughs) And the tech is just not cooperating. I'm telling you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I was riding my bike. I was riding my bike and I was uh, using a night. You know, I live, I know this city like the back of my hand, but I was using GPS earlier. And now I just fished this out of my pocket to see if Sec was going to kind of message me just in case. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of catastrophic problem with this computer Luckily, are we still well. recording yes yes yeah, well, we'll recording. Recording. yeah just leave all this on it'll be awesome <laughs> actually yeah 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 i will pilot some of this this is when you come back you know I'll, I'll tell you this quick this is i think this is one of the most insidious things it, with gps like google maps they keep adding so many you know and i hate to talk nice about google i, I kind of refuse to but i'll do it anyway here um Google Maps, like they keep adding in such great features that aren't features that are going to get you from A to B, you know, necessarily, but they're just like features of, you know, like things going on around you, you know, kind of like what they added in, like where Waze will tell you when there's a speed trap and and all of this other stuff. I mean, it's so insidious because now, you know, it's you're, you're almost incentivized to just leave your GPS on, even if you already know where you're going. Um, it, it, weird thing. Like now they have that driving mode and all that crap. Um, oh, yeah. But uh you know, I get it. Like, I, I understand where it's it's helpful, but I'm like, boy, absolutely insidious just to collect all that data. Oh, I haven't ever thought about it like that. Yeah, I love seeing all the different routes and how they, they, right. you know, the fastest route or the the quickest route, or they'll try to optimize your fuel efficiency. I think so. I think Google might do that. And yeah, yeah or traffic really, alerts, right? Yeah, yeah. I used to. When, I don't really have my own motor vehicle now, but like when when I was driving, um, I, I was doing a lot of delivery driving, and um. I used to love like calling, like seeing ahead and calling it out and put it in there. I, I get a lot of, and of course they have it, so it's gamified. So you're getting points. And I just checked it today. I yeah. stopped. I stopped adding stuff to ways. I just did one, and it pops up on the screen like it's one of those like Japanese, I don't know, games with the jewels and stuff. And it's like <laughs> plus plus one and stuff. You're, and they were already giving you points, but now it's 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 really gamified. But um, it is kind of fun when you're driving around, especially when you're doing a lot of monotonous like delivery driving and stuff like that. Sure. Until the feds get gra- grab you and use all your, <clears throat> all that metadata. 
of yeah. everywhere we've been. Yeah. Yeah. Or even worse, like when I remember the Pittsburgh police were doing this a few years ago where they were like, they were uh, having their, like their undercover cars, they were tagging them and like, like putting the, you know, the, uh, the artwork on them that they were Google maps cards, but they're cars, but they're actually police cars. And Oh, wow. That's oh yeah. Scary. Totally fucked up. Uh, Google even had to go come out and say, Whoa, guys, <laughs> like we'll hand over all the information to you. That's fine. We'll tell you everything, right? But you don't just don't pretend to, pretend to be us, right? You don't need to pretend to be us. We'll just <laughs> yeah. help you anyway. So just, you know, <laughs> yeah, just, just hire our drivers. Okay. Please don't right. pretend to be us. <laughs> right, right. Hey, i here. I wanted to tell you about agoristacres.com. They're a seed company, uh, friends of the show. Uh, this is where I get my seeds from uh, here at the homestead. Um, they've got a lot, a big, wide variety of seeds. Um, they got free shipping on orders over uh, 20 bucks. It's fast shipping. Um, if you place an order, it'll be shipped next business day. A lot of cool packaging. And you can pay with uh, crypto right on the site. Um, and they're, they're agorists. And... Uh, they also believe in the the importance of producing your own food, um, and um, they have a wide variety of seeds that you won't necessarily find in a lot of other places. A lot of cool varieties, interesting um, seeds, and they can if there's something that you're looking for, they can probably get it for you too. So um, check out agoristacres.com, and if you use promo code uh, Agora10. Uh, you'll save yourself 10%. Thanks, guys. Bye. Anyway, so, man, what do we got for this one? Because, you know, with Into the Void, uh, uh, like well, like Penguin said, I mean, we you know, we kind of go into the weeds, but I think we start smoking some weed here eventually. But no. <laughs> well, let's get, the, uh, let's get the less interesting stuff out of the way. Less interesting. All right. Yeah. So, Bitcoin, you're, you're okay. For anybody oh, that doesn't know. You're you're a, a Bitcoin. You you prefer Bitcoin over all other cur currencies. I would say I don't even know yeah, if I'd call you a maximalist, but um, yeah, I don't know if I've heard those words maximalist. I don't wait. Yeah, <laughs> Brian. I mean, yeah. Brian might be def define him. Uh, somebody might call Brian that, but I don't. He's not really, but he prefers Bitcoin to all others. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it's the top one. Um, I mean, there's others that I appreciate. And that they have, you know, use cases and, and purpose. Um, but like, you, you know, there might be five max, maybe, maybe, maybe 10, you know, that I think are actually worthwhile. But, you know, as far as how many cryptocurrencies are out there, you know, there's probably thousands uh, and that, that might even be generous uh, now. So, um, but yeah, I, I do keep it pretty slim and sure. People attribute me to being a Bitcoin maximalist. And, you know, even if they do say that, I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. Right. Yeah. So here's here's what my argument here's what my argument is not. My argument is not that Bitcoin will ever go to zero or that it um uh, is not a good store of value or an investment. I think mm -hmm. it's um I think it's probably a safe bet to park your money against inflation. Yeah. Um that being said, <clears throat> and anybody that's listening to this just listen to Brian because listen, I most of my knowledge of tech and crypto comes from Brian anyway. So, <laughs> but you know, a wise man once said that a good, a bad idea 
before blockchain is a bad idea on blockchain. Wait a minute. That that wise man's me. Yes. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> so I, I think I can already kind of guess this, but I mean, do you find the following things to be uh, detrimental? So asset speculation, centralization of economic power, um, transparent uh, transactions, um, and sort of um, the legacy banking system. All of these things are bad, in your opinion, or not, or detrimental to the human condition. Um, you- yeah, I mean, I would say transparent transactions, that should be an option. Um, but inherently, it can be very bad, you know, when you're not the one, when when there is a overarching centralized power like a legacy bank. Sure. Yep. So to, to me... And and I was in the crypto space very early on as well. And in the beginning, we were told before I really knew how it worked that Bitcoin was uh, untraceable money, uh, you know, anonymous mm-hmm. transactions, and it's not those things. It's a immutable ledger. And um, you know, a lot of my issues and over the course of watching. Bitcoin and some of this might be just kind of the community around Bitcoin. It seems to be a lot of um, integration with the legacy banking system. Mm-hmm. It seems to have a, uh, recreated the sort of uh, economic consolidation and centralization, and it's also just turned into like another speculative asset. Mm-hmm. You know, in a lot of ways, it was not what I believed it to be in the early years of you know a, a way to circumvent um circumvent the state and the legacy banking system and to have anonymous transactions it's not really that and some of that might be just the the culture around bitcoin like you know mm-hmm. crypto bros or some of this might actually i've heard the case made that it's actually due to the sort of the proof of work versus proof of stake you know it, mm-hmm. uh, and to couple all of that, you know, you had, um, and I'm not just regurgitating Roger Veer because oh, yeah. I was saying this before Roger Veer, I ever heard of Roger Veer. So, but um, you had the uh, the CEO of Davos um, dump a whole bunch of money into Bitcoin Core, which is the core development team of Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, you had a whole lot of problems, right? So, all of these things seem to be um, uh, not beneficial to me um, in terms of a liberatory tool. And if they're bad, not on the blockchain, they're, you know, they're still bad when they're on the blockchain. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what was the last thing? Oh, the privacy aspect. So, you know, it's not private. There's, court case after court case of them being able to do chain analysis and find out who sent what transaction to who. Uh-huh. And, you know, you, yes, there is layers that they're working on now to add to it. But, you know, wise man once said the more complex a technology is, the less secure it is. Wait a minute. So that's me too. No. That's <laughs> you too. So, um, you know, 
I guess it, it depends on what you mean by complex, because is it mm -hmm. more complex to have the security and anonymity baked right into the, the technology itself, or is it more complex to actually start adding layers and off-ramps and bridges to try to uh, achieve some anonymity or privacy in your transactions on top of the already existing technology? So that is my what my issues with Bitcoin, as opposed to some other um, privacy coins, is mm -hmm. it, it is not that I don't think Bitcoin will is not valuable. I own Bitcoin; it's a great investment. Right. But I don't. I I believed it to be a a libertari liberatory tool to circumvent the banking system, and I just don't think it is anymore. I think it's been integrated into the legacy banking system in a lot of ways. All right, your 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 chance. I'll let you talk. <laughs> Uh, wow. Um, so <laughs> I love this. This is the first time I've ever really had my words used against me. And I, I feel like it's, it, it's that situation where, you know, the Christians always say, well, you know, Satan knows the Bible as well as you. And I feel like my Bible just got quoted back at me by Satan. Uh, but <laughs> I'm I'll kidding. Take of course. I'll take that. <laughs> take that with pride. <laughs> like, I certainly feel proud. It's like, wow, my word has become gospel. No, no. Um, anyway, so I, absolutely hear where you're coming from. And there are elements of what you said that I don't disagree with. Um, I'm not going to, I mean, I'll respond to, you know, as, as much as I can on, on what, what you brought up as far as concerns go. Um, there are two major points though, where I do agree with you. Um, as far as it being baked into the legacy system. Yes. The, the main promise for me with Bitcoin, and I really hoped this happened sooner rather than later. And unfortunately, I don't know that it's ever going to happen. The, the main promise for me was that at some point, and I'm not saying anybody necessarily claimed that this is going to happen, but it seemed to be heavily implied that this was the direction that Bitcoin was supposed to go, uh, or that, that this was something Bitcoin was going to allow for. What I wanted was when I, if I wanted to go buy uh, a car, with Bitcoin. I wanted the price to be in Bitcoin, not in Bitcoin's value relation to the US dollar. I wanted it to be priced in Bitcoin. And Bitcoin can never be the monetary system du jour until things are priced, until bread is priced in, in, in Satoshi's, is priced, you know, in Bitcoin and not in the US dollar. Now that can still happen because the U S dollar can fail. And certainly there are plenty of, um, I mean, the way inflation is going right now, it's, it's on a pretty good course to do that. Um, but Bitcoin has, you know, so, so that, that's a major problem. The, the answer to that problem is that Bitcoin has essentially evolved, you know, and there were many paths that could have taken, uh, you know, since 2009, uh, when it was launched. Um, it has evolved into digital gold. You know, that, that seems to be it, its purpose. That seems to be the way that it's, it's being treated. Um, the legacy system, of course, uh, you know, they, I think that they like that, you know, that that's what it's being right now, especially with the very uh, uh, tumultuous political climate and economic climate um, that we've been in well before any kind of war started uh, on a grander scale. Um, 
And so, and I, and I don't like that. I don't like that the legacy system, you know, is excited about cryptocurrencies um, like that, that, that bothers me. And, and again, it's also the thing that keeps, in my opinion, that keeps Bitcoin from reaching its true potential of where it does become the money. It becomes like where, yes, we, you know, we price a loaf of bread in Satoshi's, we price a car in, you know, one or two Bitcoin or whatever, you know, um, and so I, you know, and, and, and at this point, I don't know if that's ever necessarily, you know, going to happen. Um, so there's that, do you want to respond to any of that sec or penguin? Yeah. And some of, I, I, let me just real quick. Some of that is not necessarily, um, and, and some of the, the critiques I made is, is not necessarily, um, specific to Bitcoin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of that problem comes from exchanges, Right. Which, which is a problem we really need to figure out is a better, because that's the choke point, and that is the yes. integration with the legacy banking system. Yes. But also, you know, they're doing, you know, Bitcoin IRAs and, and 401ks and, you know, it's... Yeah, ETFs, it's, all that. Right, right. Yeah. And, and it's like, um, you know, Ernie Hancock says, it's a goldmansucks.gov coin, you know. It's, yep. And, you know, for years and years... You know, I'm a conspiracy nut. Call, I'll call it like I, but for years and years, I was screaming that the, the state would love a trackable, traceable mm-hmm. digital currency. Mm-hmm. And I think it may not be Bitcoin, but if they can co opt it enough, I think they could really use that in a way that is the opposite of the reason it was created. Sure. Um, but um, that's not happened yet, and they might actually just make their own coin. You know, it might literally be the U.S. Treasury, Treasury makes a cryptocurrency. You know yeah, the I mean? concept of like CBDC or, or well, yeah, CBDCs and and stable coins, like that seems to be the direction they want to go, and not necessarily with Bitcoin. But Penguin, right. you got you got something? Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, the uh, technology, cryptocurrency technology, and Bitcoin have been like tremendously popular. They got a million. You know, they're very well known, very well used. A lot of people hold Bitcoin. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I think it's been very successful in kind of spreading the awareness and the the awareness to some extent or another of the technology. Um, And often, you know, that is, you know, kind of a shallow understanding. But for a lot of people understand at least the basics of how the technology works and some of the potential it may have. Um, So that, that, again, that's been successful. So when when this is such a well known thing and such a it's taken off so much, I just think I just think that some of that is inevitable. Some of the co opting or some mm-hmm. of the like the, there's going to be a response from banking institutions, uh, regulators, uh, states, you know, in general, our government, right. you know, that's going to happen. Like people are there's they're going to be. I don't know. So you're making alternative currency. Anytime you've made an alternative cur- a currency and it takes off and people start using it and exchanging with it, the, it's just inevitable unless it's something that's built from the ground up to be absolutely untraceable, et cetera, et cetera. And there are cryptocurrencies kind of even early on that I did adopt that ethos, but Bit- Bitcoin is cryptocurrency, you know, 1.0. It's, it's Satoshi's original vi- vision of um, Bitcoin. Uh, there are you know, if you really want to go into the history, there were some ideas that kind of led up to that point and they were kind of being experimented with concurrently. But basically, um, this Satoshi, whoever he, she, or they, whatever were, mm-hmm. um, um, group of people, um, who knows, um, 
you know, it was the proof of a, of the, of a concept. It was obviously something that's dismutable over time, the Bitcoin program. But generally, it's a proof of a concept. It's the first iteration of, of groundbreaking technology. It really took off, but it's going to, you know, once people are exchanging with it on a mass level, there is going to be institutional involvement. It is going to be something where uh, just, you know, frictionless, anonymous, mm-hmm. not unregulated uh, transfer from in into and out of uh, Bitcoin free exchange of Bitcoin using the legacy banking system. And I think everybody should be a kind of have an idea of how regulated and, and um, surveilled, you know, the legacy banking system is. I mean, it's, I think all this is inevitable unless you kind of create something with, with the explicit intent to, um, you know, well, I don't know about that. So with the explicit intent to kind of work outside that system and work and be anonymous and everything and be private and be underground. Um, and then obviously that puts a huge target on your back anyway. And that's not necessarily what I think the cryptocurrency 1.0 sh- maybe was intended to be or should have been. Well, yeah. So, so I, I hear all of that. Um, part of the, I mean, Bitcoin, so this, and this gets into the side chain conversation, um, or like, you know, like what SEC had brought up earlier, um, adding on complexity, you know, to Bitcoin core. Um, and, and I, I do want to, I do want to address that, but Bitcoin can continue to evolve. Like you can continue to add features, um, you know, to, to Bitcoin core. Um, I think a major, so there, there's two issues that, that occurred. Um, one is I agree with you, Sec, that like there was a claim. There was there was bad marketing. I'll put it this way. There was bad marketing years and you know, a decade ago that Bitcoin would be anonymous. Like it can be pseudonymous. And that's what people should have said. And eventually I feel like the marketing kind of got cleared up on that. But there was this promise of it being anonymous. Of course, it wasn't, and that's where privacy coins come in, which I am also, you know, earlier when I was saying, yeah, there's probably five to 10 cryptocurrencies that I would appreciate. The bulk of those outside of Bitcoin are privacy coins uh, for that very reason, because there is encryption, there is actual anonymity, not just pseudonymity, um, you know, involved. Okay. Um, Now, Bitcoin's pseudonymity, its capability even for that uh, is up to debate. You know, I, I, I'm not going to, you know, not going to beat around the bush about that uh, because there are companies who do, like you said, chain analysis. In fact, one of the names of the companies is chain analysis that gets millions of dollars, including government funding to work on, uh, you know, de- essentially de-anonymizing these transactions, you know, Bitcoin transactions and, and tracking them. And that's a very real concern. And, and I understand that. Uh, Bitcoin really does have a target on its back and it's had a targets on it on its back since, you know, since it started. Um, so I hear that too, that marketing really kind of failed. Now that leads to, um, the issue of, well, I guess we could say, yeah, the issue of complexity, uh, part of the problem, well, I guess there's another point I want to bring in as well, not just the issue of complexity, uh, because I am anti-complexity when, it, especially when it comes to software and generally whenever it comes to anything, I, I, I don't care for complexity. Um, but just, just kind of skirting on the complexity side, like the growth of Bitcoin is another major problem. Like what I was talking about with where, you know, bread would be priced in Satoshi's instead of in dollars. Uh, that would solve, if, if we were at that point, that would kind of solve the asset speculation problem, which 
I'm, you know, I agree, you know, can be an issue. Um, but part of the problem is that even when Satoshi Nakamoto, whoever he, she, they, you know, is, was, um, they, they were very clear. Like when, when Bitcoin really popped was when WikiLeaks, uh, MasterCard had, had essentially kept WikiLeaks from being able to get, uh, donations. And I, I, I believe it was MasterCard and I'm sure some other organizations in that. And so they switched to Bitcoin to get donations and Satoshi Nakamoto came right out and said, whoa, 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 guys, this is way too soon. Don't do this. Don't do this. It's not ready. Bitcoin's not ready. And I think that was a point where there was a mistake. I think Bitcoin was meant to be far more decentralized. Um, I mean, there's also the issue, I mean, we can get into technological issues. There's the issue of uh, what you call ASIC miners, which were, you know, mining devices and chips that were specifically designed to mine Bitcoin really well. Um, as to where before, you know, I think that Satoshi Nakamoto was expecting Bitcoin to be something that would operate on the everyday computer. That did not happen. Um, and that has led to that a lot. So the network grew too fast grew way too fast. Like it should have been more distributed. It should have been like entire blockchains running on other, you know, on everyday people's machines that found the value in Bitcoin, um, before, you know, like mining, uh, uh, farms and all this stuff, you know, kind of, kind of came into, into play. Um, so, you know, in, to some degree, a lot of these problems, I think we can actually blame on WikiLeaks and I don't mind doing that myself. And I'm speaking for myself when I say that, um, because again, it caused this network, this network was not ready yet, you know, for prime time and it forced it to go into prime time. And I think that created, um, a lot of issues. So wow. I did not know that at all. Yeah. Um, well, just to clarify, I have a question for you just to clarify. So you're saying, um, I don't know if I blanked out part of this or just, there's no more, no more to the story, but you said sure. the WikiLeaks started taking, um, donations when, when they got blocked by blocked by MasterCard and or other, um, credit card processors. So right. that just kind of blew up Bitcoin because of the getting it, but the popularity of it and the network started becoming so much more active and just, there started being so many more users and transactions on the blockchain. Yes. That, yes. And, and again, Satoshi Nakamoto themselves came right out and said, don't do this, you know? And, but I mean, that's the beauty of it is he couldn't control it. Right. <laughs> like, what, so uh, it's a curse what, and a great thing at the same time. Go ahead. When was this? Oh boy. Was that 2013? uh okay okay yeah, yeah that's yeah, about 2012 when, or 2013 yeah well 2012 would be early but yeah 2013 yeah that's about when you started people started hearing about bitcoin maybe for the first time probably when i first started heard about bitcoin i can almost guarantee you and probably most most people 20 20 yeah because it was like april of that year when it started to go above 200 dollars, and that's when everybody or they had that pop mm -hmm. like in april whatever that was for and that's when everybody kind of freaked out you know <laughs> like wow what is this thing you know I mean, I heard I the word. 20, I, I think really... it was 2012 because that's when I bought was when I was at 200. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. That could have been 2012. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And actually, I think it was 2011, even now that I think of it, it was 2011 for when WikiLeaks allowed for that um, because it had to be because like Satoshi disappeared uh, before any of those other events. Um, okay. So, yeah. So, but, but again, it wasn't just that. I mean, it was WikiLeaks in combination with, you know, the development of like ASIC miners, like th those two, those two developments made Bitcoin a go in a direction. It wasn't, you know, I would argue it kind of wasn't meant to go in. Um, 
but also, you know, it, it brought it to prime time well before it was, it was ready. Um, I mean, and, and, and I've brought this up on my show like years ago, you know, because a lot of people would say, wait, the Bitcoin blockchain, no, it has to run on mining farms because nobody can store, you know, what, what average computer is going to store that many terabytes, you know, of, of transaction data for the blockchain. But see when Satoshi, now, you know, in 2009, when this is when Bitcoin's getting developed, um, I think it's, it, Satoshi would have been completely within their rights to think that, oh no, in five years, the average laptop's going to have a 10 terabyte hard drive in it because that was the direction things were going. Um, but then cloud computing became a thing, you know? And so like computers, the, the standard became 64 gig or 128 gig instead of terabytes. Um, so, you know, the original path of Bitcoin also because of cloud computing, you know, didn't necessarily happen. Um, so there's a lot of things that led to that. I think Bitcoin had the right intentions, but a lot of things that that ended up kind of skewing uh, the, the the direction, um, you know, of, of, of how it was meant to go. So now does anybody have any comments on that? Otherwise, I'll get on to the complexity. No, you're you're right in describing the dream of mm -hmm. Bitcoin. And that's why I was interested in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency to begin with, because it was right peer-to-peer -peer, it distributed economic power and currency across every, every anybody with a computer can now you know be a, a part of this ecosystem right exactly so that's that was the draw but that's not necessarily what actually happened you know what i mean so right for whatever for whatever reason that dream and it took me a, a long time kicking and screaming to finally just be like that dream is dead for at least bitcoin you know um you know, there's other cryptocurrencies and maybe Bitcoin figures something else out that, that hasn't yet. And that's possible, too. And mm -hmm. it's still a good place to park your money rather than the U.S. dollar. I will agree with there. But in terms of like, you know, I'll, I'll let you get back to the complexity thing. But in terms of it being a distributed um economics, you know, the distribution of economic power and the the um the the um, what is the word I'm looking for the anonymous transaction mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. microtransaction like you said buying bread from you know your local farmer with Bitcoin without the government knowing about it, it that's what we want in a liberatory currency and it's just just kind of just fell short of that you know yeah so yeah. go ahead Penguin. Well, I just wanted to I just wanted to say um, but I didn't say yeah so some of the altcoins that have propagated they all take well, most of them the vast majority of them come you know being based uh, squarely off the bitcoin um original uh i don't know open source code. yeah the bitcoin code yeah. yeah yeah code so um i'm not really a software guy no but, that's right. um, so th some of the myriad uh you know like main main problems that say a certain altcoin might be designed to solve or, or major changes like this, the one that's showcased in said altcoin some of them have been i know for a fact like not being able to be um i don't know i don't know how they do it exactly but not um like precluding mining it on like asic type miners or mm -hmm. trying to make it and doing something to make it a distributed so that it can be ran on so it can only be i think or only be or not be more profitably mine on ASIC type miners or mining minor farms or something like that. So to keep it as that distributed and also, you know, obviously the scalability and different aspects of the network where it, it can, 
keep transaction fees low and allow for microtransactions, which is also another problem among the myriad different kind of altcoins that have certain lists of problems and tweaks to the Bitcoin to solve certain problems or move that to kind of place that altcoin going in a certain direction from Bitcoin. Right. Yeah. So, th- I mean, there are like a lot of the initial altcoins were trying to to the things they were trying to solve because I think they recognized the problem, uh, the problems with, with growth and adoption, um, like Litecoin, one of Litecoin's original goals was to, because, you know, what happened was years ago, um, people found out, oh, you can actually mine Bitcoin with, uh, with a graphics processor instead of the central processor in a computer. And so, you know, that, that just scaled things like crazy. And we're still dealing with that today. Um, especially if you're a PC gamer, you know how hard it is to get a, a you know, a graphics card today, um, or the price you're going to have to pay to get one. Um, but yeah, that was their like original points of existence was, okay, how can we make transactions faster? And how can we, uh, you know, make these make mining resistant to GPUs or maybe even ASICs and, and things like this. None of that ever really worked out. Um, but you know, they, I, Early on, people recognized that this would create problems in the future and they did their best. But I mean, I I think now the, you know, the cryptocurrency community at large uh, has just come to say that, well, you know, there's nothing we we can't resolve this and or they go with proof of stake or, you know, they 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 go with like, a you know, some kind of different uh, proof algorithm. Um, So, yeah, yeah. I mean, and part of my argument for altcoins comes down to being test beds four different ideas that can later be used in Bitcoin. Um, it's one of the reasons I'm a huge fan of Litecoin. Um, you know, I always see that as, I mean, and there's an old saying in cryptocurrencies, uh, as old as cryptocurrencies are, uh, there's an old saying that, uh, you know, Litecoin is the silver to Bitcoin's gold. And I still think that really holds true. Um, it's a great experimental, you know, it's a great test bed for, uh, you know, for what you want to do in the future um, with Bitcoin. Because, you know, for me, uh, I guess getting into into a, a bit of the complexity. Well, actually, before I get into the complexity, I think the ultimate argument or not the ultimate, but what what would be one of the final arguments for why Bitcoin, like why use Bitcoin um, is comes down to that. It's better than any other currency out there right now. And I think we'd probably all agree with that, that that it's better than at least any any government, you know, sanctioned currency on the planet um you can tell me if i'm wrong hey it's sick i wanted to tell you guys about cozy graphics she is a uh, uh she's local to me she's in our freedom cell uh, very like-minded individual uh she is starting a, a graphics company uh so this spot is for all your you entrepreneurs out there for your graphics and advertising needs, call Cozy Graphics. She, she provides creative custom solutions like logo design, brochures, and flyers, leave-behind cards, business cards, menus, banners, and posters, vehicle magnets, booklets, and catalogs. To schedule a free consultation, call Cosima at area code 865-544-8623. And I can vouch for this person. I know them personally. Um, very, very cool and decent human being. And again, she's very like-minded. And um, so check her out. Um, she's just starting out. And um, get send her your business if you need it. Thanks.
you're saying Bitcoin is better than like the U.S. dollar, like a, a yeah. state currency? Oh, right. okay, sure. If you want to set right. the bar there. Well, right. Can. Yeah, that's right. a low bar. See, I have yeah. piles of shit in my yard that are better than the U.S. dollar. That's not saying anything. You know no, I mean? right. I agree with you. But I think that's where most people get excited is they are comparing it to, I mean, because I'm not making the argument that Bitcoin is perfect money. There are plenty of people out there who would make that argument that Bitcoin right, is perfect sure. money. I wouldn't say that. However, I would also invert that. And I would say there is no money itself is not perfect. Um, it's not even like a perfect solution, I think, to to, to anything. Um, you know, it, it's a haphazard thing and, oh, and has been since money was cowrie shells, you know. Uh, and, you know, with that, <laughs> as long as I've made that clear. Um, but I think that's the argument that it's going to come down to is that, you know, there's, there's a beauty in the argument that Bitcoin is like this thing that is not, it, it's not, uh, uh, you know, it wasn't blessed and given permission by the government for you to hold it. Um, and a lot of people got excited about it, myself included, just because of that, because it's something that had value that, you know, came out of, um, just literally the people, you know, and it, it did not come out of the government. It was not top down. It was bottom up. Um, and that's, that's an incredible thing. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be the first to say it's not perfect money, you know, but again, then I would also invert it to, you know, that money in it in and of itself is not perfect. Um, so, but I want to address your, the, you know, the, the point of complexity. Uh, I also share that concern, um, because a lot of what they want to do is side chains, uh, and even with other cryptocurrencies where they want to, you know, do like cross chain, uh, transactions and all these things, all of these things become massive security problems, you know, because, okay, we can secure like the amazing thing as bad as you could argue mining farms are for myriad reasons, you know, be it centralization of power, uh, be it the use of power in relation to the environment, things like this. Um, at the same time, they are all those mining, you know, setups are creating the most secure network that computer network that anybody's ever seen. Um, but that's the base core not side chains, not any of these other features that are necessarily getting, you know, kind of tacked on say through like the lightning network and others. Now I like the lightning network, you know what it's doing. Um, but you know, I do have issues of security, uh, around that. And that's part of the reason I'm also supportive, like I said earlier of privacy coins, um, because they're baking it in from the get-go. Um, and I, I appreciate that even though, you know, what it takes to get there. Some people might have problems with, um, I appreciate that and think there's value in that. And I don't see, I mean, and this is an argument I've made for a very long time, like just based on our own history, what we know, our knowledge of history of the past, even just the past thousand years, um, the freer the world is, the more currencies there are not less. Yes. Okay. And this is really, really key. Um, and this is an old argument for, for all coins and it's a good one, um, that, and, and cause again, we can look back, we can see before power was getting as centralized as it is today with, you know, I mean, go before world war two, even before world war one, there were more currencies, not less. Um, and you know, when, when you consider that, then the idea that there are currencies that get used for specific purposes, um, becomes quite viable. I think, you know, as to where, okay, yeah, we have Bitcoin that, that could be like the more open transactions. Um, 
And that can be like the storage of, you know, that can be the digital gold, right? Uh, but then Zcash could be, you know, the, the anonymous transactions or Monero could be the more, uh, could be the species that gets used to actually buy bread, you know, and, and, and things like this, because, you know, once, once they are all digital, they're, they're easy to interchange. None of this, in my opinion, is a perfect world situation. You know, it's all tacked on haphazard. Okay. Um, no, that's the but, way it should be. It should be. Sure. Yeah. 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 No, we're in, in to I'm in total agreement here. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, that's all right. So, but I mean, but that's, that's essentially what I've got. So I agree with a lot of your concerns. Um, really the argument for Bitcoin is, well, it is a, it, even in its early days, you could say it's a proof that, you know, money can exist without government intervention. Um, and there's a beauty in that, uh, you know, and, and, and it, I mean, there's certainly like technological developments that came along with it, you know, like breakthroughs, um, that are, that are really impressive. Uh, but ultimately the argument for Bitcoin is that it's just better than anything else out there. Um, as far as like that gets commonly accepted, you know, uh, and and that that's really all I can say on it. You know, like there 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 are absolutely are problems with it. You're you're totally right. Oh, so your argument is that in comparison to any other currency in the world that is uh, widely adopted, mm -hmm. current uh, Bitcoin is probably the best of them. So that, yeah, yeah, and also we don't disagree there. My mm -hmm. my issues with Bitcoin sort of come in comparison to you know, what, what crypto, I think cryptocurrency should be, and also, you know, more, uh, other cryptocurrencies as well. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I, I want to see thousands of different currencies for right. lots of different use cases. And, um, you know, whether that's digital or, or local labor notes or, or, mm -hmm. you know, gold, or, uh, I mean, tobacco rice, I mean, I don't care what it is. I want to sure. see lots of different, um, lots of different medium mediums of exchange. I think the more, the better. Um, but no, I, we don't have a disagreement that, you know, one, Bitcoin is valuable and two, that it's better than, you know, government currencies. I mean, of course. Right. It is. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it, as far as why I don't think it's perfect. Well, here's the thing. What it kind of is perfect for that you could argue is it's perfect for a world connected by the big, bad Internet. Um, and I and I, I don't disagree. Like when people call it magic Internet money, you're absolutely right. You know, but then you know, ask me the question of, do I think the internet's a good thing? And, you know, most people aren't going to like the answer that I give. <laughs> so, um, so there's that, even though Bitcoin can operate without the internet, of course, um, as we know it, but, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, so, so a lot of this, a lot of the excitement around cryptocurrencies in general really comes down to, I mean, and this is, this is a genuine problem. It comes down to, if it's not, you know, maybe people are happy to get away from the legacy, like from varying legacy institutions. They still want the world to essentially operate the way that it is. And, you know, they still want somewhat of the status quo, at least culturally um, or societally. And, you know, like I, I have, I take issue with that. Um, but again, the, the, that's getting into massive subjects, you know, much bigger subjects. Yeah, no, we don't, we don't disagree. Um, I, Okay. So I, I think we, um, is there anything else we want to add to this? <laughs> I wanted to, I thought we were going to like raise fists or something and, but <laughs> no, no, I mean, so you know, we're kind of measuring like against, we're using two different metrics. Yeah. Right. right. 
So you agree with the metrics or in the crit- criticisms I have of it, but you're, you know, you're, you're measuring with another a metric, which I agree with like, okay, yes, it's valuable. It's, I do appreciate the, you know, the first to market, the yep. innovation of Bitcoin and Satoshi and the blockchain, of course, mm-hmm. I just, um, it would not be my first choice for using it as an alternative, um, to other to other currencies like uh, it would not be my if I was trying to build alternative institutions, Bitcoin would not be my first choice. Sure. Uh, sure. You know what I mean? So yep. and that is why, you know, it, it boils down to like, what is your reasoning for using cryptocurrency? Right. So if you want to stave off inflation, like, OK, sure, B- Bitcoin's a safe bet. But if you're trying to do, you know, some shenanigans that you don't want to get, um, you know, caught for, then maybe you might choose something else, you know? So that's just, that was my only problem with Bitcoin that, and the, a lot of this is cultural and I know this is not you necessarily, but Mm. there does seem to be a lot of people who want to, like you said, keep the status quo and just plug Bitcoin right into it. Yeah. Um, And there's nothing to be done around that. It just seems to be like, you know, the, they seem like the hedge fund managers of Bitcoin. You know, yeah. you've seen the, it's like the, the culture surrounding some people that are heavily involved in Bitcoin. And I don't know that that's necessarily a problem with Bitcoin itself. You know, it's just mm-hmm. kind of the, the atmosphere around it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I'm, or go ahead, Penguin. Oh, um, I'll, yeah. I was just going to say that's real. That's this kind of a separation from Bitcoin as technology. I think we're largely ap- approaching not necessarily from the actual like tech like coding um, level, but the technology of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency versus the uh, financial aspect of of, um, of Bitcoin. And you know when you financialize it, um, am I still coming through? Yeah, you're you're good. Okay, okay. Um, when you fin- financialize it and, and you, you make it into an asset that's traded and traded on exchanges, and, and you know the normies get involved, so to speak. Um, it becomes an entirely different thing, totally divorced from the tech. And I think a lot of the reasoning that behind uh, Satoshi's development of the technology, and I don't want to go on and say, oh, that, that, like people that are not of a certain type or with a certain intention shouldn't adopt Bitcoin. Obviously, mass adoption is really important for a currency. It's kind of like currency has vast network effects, like vast, vast network effects, the biggest sure. network effects of any um, <clears throat> any kind of thing. But, you know, at the same time, once you start divorcing um, Bitcoin from the, tech, the underlying technology and the possibilities of that technology, because it's obviously all open source software, um, you really start getting two things. So you start seeing it as kind of a uh, financial asset that's just supposed to go up and down and hopefully you know, the line just keeps going up and you're going to get rich and everything. And that's, I don't want to get into the economics of all that, but um, I mean, there is... Yeah, if you hold on to it over time, it it should prove it's proving its value. The value is somewhat based off of like the value of the technology and uh, for being an early adopter, I totally think you should have your like the value of your assets rise, except that, you know, at this point we need exchange economic, not just financial, but economic activity occurring with with or on the no the blockchain with blockchain technology. Um that's one thing. Secondly, um 
Uh, actually, I forgot where I was going with the second point. Well, but, let me uh, let me just ask quick. So, yeah, so you're I mean, saying we're more in need of a medium of exchange than an asset right now? Is is that is that where you're kind of getting at there? Well, I, specifically to what I was saying right there, which is that, um, yeah, specifically what I was saying, as like if people are parking their money, so to speak, into it, and when it, when it's financialized, so that's that's goes. I know that speaks to like the network and the scalability of the network and a lot mm -hmm. of. Around around the Bitcoin code, which is mm -hmm. changeable, but it's ultimately like Bitcoin has a certain code that's changing iterations, um, and it has scalability issues. Okay, so we know that. So largely, Bitcoin is becoming an asset that's where it's a store of value versus a medium of exchange, and cer certainly like it's functioning as as the um, store of value and such. And there's total anybody can start an altcoin that can do the exchange thing so i'm not too worried about that mm -hmm. um except that that the financialization and the popularity of bitcoin when when you're not aware of the underlying technology then you're only mildly aware of competing um altcoins competing digital currencies uh, you, that will solve some of the problems that do offer different um different um advantages there's pros and cons of each different but different features um to, to them so when you're financializing it so when you're approaching it only as like a, it's like a stock or a bond it's a, you know not going to like the SEC, should the sec regulate everything like that but when it's like a, when, when you're kind of just looking at purely as a financial in, instrument like you're just trying to make money and you're not aware you don't care at all about like working outside like, you might even work for a bank who knows there's there is maybe an awareness because some of the you know cash that might let you buy litecoin in addition to bitcoin or some you know paypal or something there might be some awareness that there are are other currencies mm -hmm. but not what is an altcoin what is the bit the bitcoin code who controls it what's the purpose behind it what was the vision laid out in the satoshi's white paper so a lot of people and i'm not saying like mass adoption isn't needs to be like everybody has to be an an ancap but what i'm saying is that a lot of the a lot a lot of the a lot of people that might be very enthusiastic about bitcoin and cryptocurrency in general might not really get what the actual ecosystem looks like on at least as far as the technology or the technology aware side sure yeah um yeah i mean this gets into the old like how do we make bitcoin work for grandma um and i mean my argument was always you don't like it's not for her you know, grandma can use PayPal or whatever, you know, and that's fine. And it's not an insult to grandma either. Um, you know, I do think, well, anyway, this, this could get into, into a completely different conversation. Um, but I will say this, like the, the biggest thing that I am, that pleases me about Bitcoin is a lot of really very ethical and, you know, I would argue, you know, philosophically minded, and I think in the right direction, uh, people who may have, and I say may have, may have never made a million dollars, have made a million dollars. And I'm glad that they did, you know, like, like, the, and, and I know a lot of those people are funding amazing things uh, going on around the world now. So um, if anything, even if it's not, even if it's not perfect, and I don't think it is, um, it, it is something that has done a ton of good in the world already. So I'll, I'll leave my thoughts at that. Yeah, no, I agree with you there too. So yeah, yeah no, that's good. Yeah, so All please right, donate yeah. to us in Bitcoin. Anyway, <laughs> go yeah, ahead. yeah, please give us your Bitcoin. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, come on, there's a lot of millionaires out there that could be funding us, Brian. You know, yeah, I mean? right? I know. <laughs> well, they say di- Bitcoin's like digital gold, and if it is, um, I, I wouldn't mind getting some gold. <laughs> I may not go buy like I may not go buy lunch with gold, but I wouldn't mind getting some gold. You know, right on. Um, well, what else were we going to fight about? Oh, all right. So you, okay. <laughs> so you had an episode on NFTs, which everyone oh listening to this should go listen to. And I, I entirely agreed with your, the, and most of your opinions on NFTs. They're, mm-hmm. um, no, they're money no laundering. Thanks. Yeah. It's yeah. fucking yeah, it's nonsense. <laughs> yeah. So, but I can't remember what your exact comment and help me if I, I get it wrong, but mm-hmm. um, you said something about um, if you watch Netflix, you shouldn't be able to <laughs> criticize Bitcoin for being uh, damaging to the environment. Was that mm-hmm. some, something along those lines, right? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, here real quick, I'll, I'll, I'll summarize. Um, I already gloves on. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Let me lace these up. Come here, Mick. <laughs> uh, all right. So, um, my, so you have a lot of people online arguing against many cryptocurrencies, but particularly Bitcoin saying that it is, uh, disastrous to the environment because of the, you know, amount of electricity that the, you know, mine that, that these mining operations use and everything. Um, and I hear where they're coming from. But then my problem is those same people turn around and are watching something on Netflix and nothing, nothing, nothing takes energy and like clogs a network and everything else like streaming video. Streaming video is, yeah, anyway, <laughs> like, and so, so I don't just mean Netflix, but streaming video in general is by the arguments of why cryptocurrencies are bad for the environment. Streaming video is a thousand X worse. But none of them are doing anything about that, you know, or or claim or you know, yelling at Netflix uh, about that stuff. They'll yell about Netflix at other things, but not not because of environmental uh, concerns. So that was my point. Go ahead, Sec. So this to me sounds like the same argument: like you can't be an anarchist if you drive on the roads. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, sure. So listen, I make criticisms of cryptocurrency for being, um detrimental to the environment mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but i you know i think I, something i said to you was um like look i took a shit the, this morning and because of the system that we live in that is detrimental to the, to the environment so <laughs> this i mean seriously it is because of the way they fucking handle our municipal systems and the water treatment and whatever sure. else and we could be composting it instead of but the way the system is set up i'm fucking the environment just by taking a shit this morning so <laughs> so does this mean i cannot criticize other things that affect the environment because like no what my point is is we're all hypocrites nobody's hands are clean and a lot of this is systemic and virtually unavoidable the economic devastation so i don't think that this because they do other things that are detrimental to the environment does not mean they cannot criticize things that are other things that are detrimental to the environment um especially if they're at least doing something to work towards you know you know lessening their impact on the environment you know what Mm -hmm. i mean Mm because like i said no one's hands are clean now i will say about cryptocurrency i at least feel like they're striving to address the economic concerns by 
investing in water tech water power generation or yeah. using the heat from that's generated from the uh the mining you know setups and sure and, and trapping or even that. geothermal you know technology sure yep yeah. so I, I think the incentives are there for them to be more responsive to addressing environmental concerns mm-hmm. than say the legacy banking system or fucking netflix or my local municipality where i take a shit you know yeah like, yep. i i i recognize that at least even though crypto is more is detrimental to the environment, I think that they have more of an, an incentive to improve than in any other situation. But right, my problem was mostly that we're all we're all detrimental to the, um, the environment. <laughs> yes. So it doesn't mean we cannot criticize. This is the same thing when status tell us, Brian, that well. If you're an anarchist, you must not drive on the roads then because fucking well, no, the entire system is set up around us. So we only have X, Y, Z options so just because I'm against having this <laughs> system doesn't mean I cannot use this system. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, OK, so so I'll start off by by quoting uh, my old friend and hero um, no longer with us, but uh, but Harlan Ellison, where, you know, he said your principles are your principles, but you know, if you stick to them hundred percent, you're just going to walk around naked and hungry. Um, and I think he's totally right about that. You know, at least in the world that we're in right now. Um, and so like, I hear, I hear where you're coming from on this. Uh, I mean, part of, so I, I have genuine problems like, or not, not problems. I have genuine arguments against Netflix. Um, like I, I think that there are like, there are kind of abstracts to it um, that uh, I, I think send us down like a certain path uh, that is the antithesis, at least for, you know, what I hear from a lot of ANCAPs, libertarians or whatever, it's the antithesis of the future that they claim to want. Um, and <laughs> I, I guess the, the short version of my, of my, my reason for saying this a lot is it's making an argument to make people like rethink their positions and to not be so staunch in their positions. Um, I am, you know, most, most people would probably be shocked by this. I mean, but I'm, a, I'm actually a pretty hardcore environmentalist. Um, I do so many little things throughout the day that have become pretty much second nature, uh, that I do completely out of, you know, concern, uh, for the planet earth. Um, again, that's not, that's not always, and I'm sure you've encountered this too sec. I mean, it's not always a popular thing to be saying that, that you care about the environment is, you know, that's a great way to clear a room at a libertarian festival. You know, would you agree with that? Yeah, I know it. I know. Yeah. And I I don't think we should have ceded that ground to like the liberals. I don't know when the mm-hmm. liberals became the fucking stewards of the environment and not libertarians and anarchists. Right. You know, and, and there's plenty of green anarchists and I love them all, but yeah, same, but generally speaking, people associate environmentalism with voting Democrat or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And it, it could, I could, my environmentalism couldn't be further from the democratic party. Right. If I tried, you know what I mean? Right. It's not. So I don't know why that is. And I think, I think we're seeing a little shift in that these days, but you're, you're absolutely correct. And nobody wants to hear it from a lot of the people in our circles. Yeah. I mean, yeah. go ahead. Penguins. Part of that is that, uh, you know, 
ideas. So that's a pretty popular idea. We, we, like, we like the environment. We like nature. We live in nature. I mean, to some extent or another, we certainly depend on it. And I think, you know, all ideas have to sort through this political system that has these two parties and everything. I mean, I know everybody, we all know this. So I think for a lot of, a lot of things, our messaging can get, our messaging can get really muddled mm-hmm. when it comes down to like basic concepts. I think that we should, a lot of us should be in agreement on. Right. You know? um, yeah. I mean, I mean, there's, there's people that say, well, yeah, well, I mean, I'm a uh, conservative and I like to hunt and go camping and go outdoors. And I, I, that's why I think that some, there should be some preservation of, uh, of lands or some sort of, you know, envi- environmental, some sort of movement to keep the environment clean or something. I mean, you can approach it from all sorts of different, all sorts of different levels. Mm-hmm. I think on another level, uh, at another level, I mean, sort of. And we're back. We're okay. Rolling. Yeah. I think another thing with liberalism speaking in like the broadest sense is, is that I think, you know, so if you do have a movement for like a green initiatives or the or pro environmental environment, pro-environment, environmental regulation, and so forth, mm-hmm. that kind of couching it within in a political movement or an ideology um, that, you know, does center production and, and, and capitalism and stuff kind of prevents it from going in the direction of maybe uh, very different or more radical, maybe your type of environmentalism. So while it's largely obviously the, the, the obvious thing, you know, you're sorting things into, into the left, right, red, blue paradigm. I think there is probably some insidious, insidious thing where, you know, kind of couching it in liberalism prevents. That's a great know, kind point. Of, yeah. Kind of boxes that boxes it in a little to, bit. To water down or co-opt more radical ideals into sort of mm. milk toast liberalism. Into a completely different thing. It's happening within the framework of, you know, capital and production. Yeah. 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 No, I agree with that. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've always felt that like, you know, environmental regulation came out of just some, you know, rich Democrat, like didn't like what was happening in their backyard. Didn't like what didn't like their view, you know? Um, I mean, because there's constant, uh, uh, I mean, and it's not just like small things. I think it's like big things that are just contradictions. Like, okay, we, you know, we don't want to use nuclear anymore, or we got to care about the environment. So we want to go to wind power, but then you know, a municipality will propose to put a wind farm, um, you know, within the town that's going to power however many houses and everything, but it's in, you know, it's in view of the people on the hill. And so they're like, oh, no, fuck, no, you can't do that. You know, you can't put that wind farm there. Right. And so it's like, well, wait, guys, which which one do you want? You know, and, and anyway, that that's what a lot of this comes down to, you know, as far as like why I make some of these that that'll come off as very extreme arguments. I don't actually hold that. I mean, I do, like I said, I am a hardcore environmentalist. Um, I like to say ecologist, but whatever the term is what it is. Um, but I make some of these extreme statements because I'm very much trying to like shake them out of their, their really black and white thinking. Um, because I don't think people realize like they say, Oh, well, email is so great for the environment. No, it's not like paper is a renewable resource. It's an, it's a remarkable thing. Um, you know, and, and it's not bad for the environment. Now, what is bad for the environment is the, is, I mean, and even mail isn't as bad for the environment as email is considering the amount of power generation that a server farm does that even just runs, we'll say like that runs Gmail. Um, 
what the real problem is. And, you know, I could say it's the post office in a way, but the issue is, is like all these fucking flyers that, that you get for no reason, but are what actually keep the U S post office in fucking business. You know, like it's not your letters or your mail that keeps the post office in business. It's all this, you know, all these bullshit ads, um, you know, that, 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 that come your way. So like paper mail is a great and wonderful thing. Arguably it's far better for the environment. Now it gets abused. Like I just said, um, but it's way better than email is. But most people think because it's not something that they're holding in their hand, because it's something that just exists in the ether, they instantly think that it's better. They instantly think that somehow like, okay, it's not destroying anything because it's just out there, you know, in, in the wind. Um, when that's, that's not remotely true. Um, and the people arguing for, again, also that, that would argue for like, say, oh, you should, you know, Bitcoin is an environmental disaster, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, I get where they're coming from. I would also argue, like we were talking about earlier, that the actual direction Bitcoin was meant to go in originally would not have been so much of an environmental concern, concern because it wouldn't have led to these gigantic, you know, like mining operations it, or, you know, it would have led to it just, it, it's something that would have just been running on everybody's computer that everybody already has and had at the time, you know? Right. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a lack of understanding on, on the part of people arguing against, you know, or arguing for Bitcoin being environmentally bad. I think often enough on that, I'm not saying that's true for everybody. Um, but you know, my, my statement that I get, you know, and, and I can sound really passionate about it. My statement that, well, Netflix is 10 times worse or a thousand times worse, which it is, uh, is to get them, you know, is, is usually to get people to like rethink things, but yes, we can absolutely say that all of these things are bad. We can definitely argue for both. We can still use both because, Hey, just like everybody else, I got to eat, you know? And if that's because I get right. a Bitcoin donation, great. Um, you know, like, like this is what I need to do in the world that I live in. I'm working my ass off to create the world that I want, of course. Um, but yeah, so, so I hear you and, and I think you're, you're ultimately right. Um, but I do think it's important that as many people as possible, bring up the counter narrative just to shake these people up. But at the same time, how many of these people on Twitter are fucking real? You know, like how many of them are, aren't actually just bots or like, you know, one right. person with a thousand accounts saying, oh, Bitcoin bad, Bitcoin bad. And, you know, they, and they don't Hillary. actually care about the environment at all. No, right. Right. Yeah. right. They're just working for Hillary Clinton or something. Wait, right. No, I agree. I shouldn't have said that. Did anybody get shot? We're good. We're good. Okay. Let's <laughs> every time I say her name, I get scared. It don't, it don't happen <laughs> when the mics go off. Don't worry. Yeah, right. They wait till we're done. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, surprisingly, <laughs> Brian Penguin and sick all don't you know shot <laughs> themselves in the back of the head for twice i don't know why it's weird and now we're hanging with harambe oh no <laughs> yeah, right. no okay so and you know what i as you were saying why why you were saying that mm -hmm. i i recognize the meta irony of like your idea the reason you said it was to provoke thought and conversation yeah and then we're having thought and conversation about that so like it like your plan worked you know yeah. <laughs> like here we are talking about right. it like three weeks later so i mean okay fine like i, I understand what you're saying mm -hmm. and like i just sometimes like and i'm not saying this was you at all but some people get like that like sort of uh holier than now or like 
like uh not not even holier than thou i'll give you an example right please yeah my father and i got into a fist fight on a holiday over dunkin donuts coffee <laughs> okay so my my father it, he believes very similar to the way we do hates mm. war hates the government right, right. but i'm on the road trying to drive you know i just spent part of the day with my now ex-wife's family and then we're rushing to go to his house for whatever the fucking stupid holiday it was and it was like a long drive and we stopped and got coffee at dunkin donuts now my old man starts arguing with me because well the way he worded it was dunkin donuts they make weapons for the government now that's my father was not good at explaining things but if you actually like under try to understand what he's saying is that the parent company that owns the IP of Dunkin' Donuts also has contracts with the ah. U.S. military. And so we're we're getting into an argument, and I said, he's like, you're supporting the war machine. <laughs> and I said, listen, man, like, did you pay your Verizon bill today? Right. You know, do you have U.S. dollars in your pocket right now? I mean, I don't know what else supports the war machine if not the petrodollar. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. are, are you paying your prop taxes? Like, there's no, there is no ethical consumption under the system. You cannot entirely, it's like you said, you're either naked or, and, or fucking hungry. There is no way to, like, entirely pull out um, your support for everything. Like right. I've said before on this podcast, there's no way to be 100% agorist unless you're living in the middle of the fucking woods or you're dead or in jail. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I had donuts today, right? I, uh, okay, so, I mean, I don't. I I, their coffee is shit, but it was well, the only thing that was on the road. But the point was, so then we get into like screaming match and blah 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 and fucking whatever. But but years later, he came back and he said, "You know what? You were fucking right. You're right. Everything like there is no escaping it. Every company has a parent company that fucking makes yeah. you know shits oil into the water or fucking." uh you know has some contract with the government it's it's like intertwined with all of this system there is no escaping it and i don't mean to say that because like i think there is no hope and there's nothing we can do but you get some people that are like well you're not doing enough but you should do things the way i do them you know what i mean like and i'm not saying that was you but yeah no i hear that like this not not a holier than thou but like you know what are you doing um you're not doing enough and you should activism the way i act or try to live the way i live because you know you, you shouldn't buy dunkin donuts or you shouldn't do xyz thing and well the thing is is like everybody's going to do like what they can when they can yes. in their own time and nobody's fucking hands are clean in any of this so to look down anybody's nose at anybody else is is or it rubs me the wrong way you know yeah yeah no i completely agree and or, go ahead penguin Real quick, if you if you like, if, let's say you don't um, buy that coffee from Dunkin' Donuts, like two coffees. All right, uh, what's what's that going to change? Is, is is any of that going to change whatsoever? Is is does Dunkin' Donuts existence the the you know the, the franchises and the IP holder, which is the one I guess is connected with the parent company because they're all franchises. Like, is that um, it, it, is them get, selling you these donuts? One thing, they're all franchises anyway, so at least they're somewhat locally on but sure the, the big dunkin donuts i guess the people making the, the donut recipes or what or whatever are in bed with big 
global business. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking too much about the, the whole structure of the. Yeah. The, what is my two coffees right. really going to make a difference? Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and is there like proffering donuts to us and, 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 and croissant wraps or whatever really um, dependent on them being part of this global empire, you know, corporate empire conglomerate that it also involves weapons production and petroleum and God only knows what else. Um, uh, clearly not. I mean, you know, but frankly, it's all connected. It's all in, in interlaced web. It's like, a, it's like the distributed network, but in the, in the way of, um, you know, big businesses. Yeah, it becomes, it's very complicated because you can't, because at the same time, like the coffee you got from Dunkin' Donuts could have given you the energy and like the mental prowess to come up with an invention that could bring down the state tomorrow, you know? And like, so, so what do you, you know, but that's not saying that, oh, well, thank you, Dunkin' Donuts necessarily, right? It's just that we are like, and, and this is something, especially with what's going on in Ukraine. This is something that in Russia that everybody's realizing right now is just how interconnected everything is. You know, it's Leonard Reed's eye pencil on steroids. And I mean, you just you can't get away. You can't really get away from any of it. It's good to be a conscientious consumer. My argument for being a conscientious consumer is to, you know, what you buy. I mean, food is a different situation because you're just shitting that out. But what you buy is something that is always thinking about the long term, you know, and and that's, you know, like not feeding more more money into into the system as much as possible is like to me, that's the only way you, you can be a conscientious consumer. You can't or, you know, you can't be a conscious consumer or an educated consumer and say, well, I won't use oil because, again, OK, so you bought an electric car. But then that electric car is powered by the electric plant that's powered by Middle Eastern oil. Like, so you, you haven't gotten away from anything. You know, the only thing you can really do, I think, uh, or not the, it's not the only thing. There's always more things you can do. But one of the only things you can really do is just think really long term, which the system is set up to make you think short term. So you're already bucking the system, even just in thinking long term, which is, you know, great activism on its own, um, in my opinion. Um and small steps in your day-to-day -day life, you know, like, yeah, you don't have to entirely uproot your no your life and change everything about what you do to try to be more environmentally conscious or more an agorist or whatever your, your goal is. Right. But you can start making small steps that really will make a difference as long as they can, um, you know, also benefit you in the, in the, you know, the short, medium and long term, you know, whether right. that's, you know, I don't want to support the agricultural system that's polluting the environment and ruining our food and X, Y, Z. Okay, well, start by, you know, plant a few tomatoes or, you know, just, or I always go back to food production because that's my thing. But yeah, sure. It might be whatever it is for you or, you know what I mean? Like, uh, okay, I'm concerned about our use of petroleum, right? So maybe, you know, you, you start, um, riding a bike to work or whatever the, you know, whatever, whatever it is, small, small steps in your, in mm -hmm. your life that actually can make a difference. And I also agree with you thinking long-term is uh, a beneficial way to, to kind of buck the system, but go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, this is something that, oh man, very early on, like when I moved to giving you a little, little inside baseball here, I guess very early when I moved to New Hampshire, I moved to New Hampshire in 2011. Um, and I moved here for the Free State Project. I knew I was moving here to engage in some kind of activism, whatever that would end up being. Okay. Uh, 
And I remember going to like gatherings, you know, of liberty minded folk. And you always had those people. And I think these are the kind of people you were also talking about, Sec. You always had those people who like someone would be excited about the activism they did, whatever it was, holding up a sign near town hall or something like that. And then you'd get that slap nuts that would just say like, oh, why are you wasting time with the government? That's unethical. That's this. That's blah, blah, you know, and then they go down this whole thing. And it's like, yeah, but they're doing what they thought they could, you know, and 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 that that that's a really key thing I think to get in is that you know everybody has their capabilities and everybody has their own heart's calling and their own thresholds for what they're comfortable doing. Yes. Okay. And we can consider those things, you know, if you personally want to consider any of these things to be a waste of time, that's on you. But that's not on the person. To them it's not a waste of time. Um and even if I disagree with it, they're doing what they can and you can respect somebody still where, where is, where is their heart at? Um, you know, I, I have, I'm, I'm a big fan and, and this is another problem that, uh, that I feel like, well, a, a lot, of, a lot of forward thinking people are, are on this kind of kick and it's ironic because I, I don't think it makes them forward thinking where they're more, they're not, they want to discount a person's intentions. Right. And I know we have the old Shakespeare saying the road to hell is paved in good intentions. But intentions are important. Intentions do matter. Intentions should count for what a person intended to do. If it fucked up, it fucked up, you know, but at the same time, what was their intention? I think that is something that should be considered. Um, but I, I'm, I'm really worried about like the trend, especially in um, like therapy and other places where it's like, oh, well, it doesn't matter what your intentions were, it's what you did. And no, the intentions do matter. Um, and, I, and I don't think we pay enough attention to that, you know, uh, Anyway, that, that, that kind of got into a little bit of a different direction than I necessarily expected. But the important thing is, is that just recognize that people will do what they can and you've got to let that be enough, you know, otherwise everybody's going to disappoint you and you're going to hate everybody. And where are you going to get with that? Uh, I can tell you because I'm somebody that does hate everybody. And <laughs> it's not a happy life. <laughs> right. And, and what's the result of, okay, like you said, at least they're trying, at least the intent is there, at least their heart's sure. in the right place, right? Sure. So by taking shits on what, you know, small steps or actions people are making, what do you think the result of that is going to be? It's uh, it's a 50 50. They might, you know, they might really amp it up because you took a shit on them. Yep. Or they might just say, well, you know, I, that's all I can do. And they, apparently that's nothing and not do anything. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so now you had somebody like, uh, I keep going back to food, but okay. So like, Oh, all you're growing is a couple of tomatoes. You know, you, you, you got to completely like pull yourself away from the agriculture cultural system. You know, you're not doing, really making a change at all. It's like, well, you might've just told that person to stop. They yeah. might not do it at all. Cause that was all they had time to do or all the resources they had. Right. You know what I mean, like, so now you basically just said, well, what you're doing is basically nothing. So they might as well fucking do nothing because that's all they could do. Why am I doing anything then? Right. And then nothing changes because nothing's getting done. Never happens. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is, you know, actually to go, to go back to the Q and a that we recently did um, the live Q and a. So folks, if you want to hear this and you really should, you know, of course, sign up for the Agora podcast, Patreon, or you can sign up for mine, either one. Um, Because we talked about this. We got the question from one of your listeners. Hey, you know, but I don't want to leave the city. What do I do? Right. And it was a great question to ask. And, you know, even you brought it up, Seth. It's like, yeah, we, we've got to back off on that. I'm just saying, hey, get out of the city. You know, like 
people are going to do what they can do where they want to do it, where they have to do it, perhaps for whatever reasons happen to be theirs. Cause they're, they're the reasons. Um, and, you know, come up with the solutions, uh, from there. And, you know, even again, even if it's baby steps, things are still changing. Uh, and, and that's, that's ultimately what matters. I, th I think is, you know, is, is a degree of change. Um, you know, we can get to the big stuff, you know, later on, but the, the more found, the better foundation we have from a bunch of small stuff getting done, even in the cities, the better off we are. Yeah. Um, I want to look at that from a different perspective too, kind of based on the example that set gave. So well, let's say you are making some pretty big steps, at least like for you. So in, in relations to your life, you're making some um, like big steps, maybe some sacrifices, maybe some just big changes, um, but you're making decisions that ultimately put you in this, in this, situation where you may be uh more liberated or even able to in, or ultimately so you may be in a position ultimately to more effectively resist the state being a more liberated state all right great so on the on the other hand so you're making these big like changes in your life and you're doing and you're making these steps in the direction of you know resisting and or you know, of liberation and yeah maybe you do like a um Hmm, support your local coffee house so don't go to starbucks if possible maybe you like some uh like to go to the wawa or the uh taco bell or duck donuts or mm -hmm. i love all those things i actually like fast food a lot and i i burn a lot of calories so i i eat like trash and it's going to catch up with me one day but I, you know frankly i like nice tasting things i like a little treat i like to kind of pig out sometimes and it's like well, okay you know i, I can't I can't take myself, especially being in an urban situation where I'm not growing any of my food or anything like that. Um, I can't be in a situation where like uh, I can live organically or, 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 you know, kind of live um, off of food that I've grown and everything. So yeah, I, I might like splurge. I might want to enjoy some creature comfort sometimes. And believe me, living in an urban environment is innately stressful. It's like an innate stress level that we don't even recognize. Um, but you know, I, I think you can't, you couldn't get on somebody cause you saw them in the moment consuming some kind of capitalist, um, what's the word people use, uh, decadence, um, but <laughs> not knowing that they, they, they're, they're under like, they're making like great strides and making sacrifices. Like I think to some extent I, I, I do to be outside the, um, the, you know, corporate governmental state system. Much oh, you're saying you don't know you don't know what the other things that person is doing, right? Is that what you're saying? Well, you like, could be doing, but you're talking about making baby steps when, when making baby steps. I'm saying maybe you're making maybe the person's making in relation to their own lives, like really big steps. But does that yeah, mean sure. you swear off every kind of you know decadent decadent capitalist consumption? Right, right, yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah. I get, yeah, small that's a great thing, point. Yeah. In, ultimately that like kind of inconsequential things you know yeah okay you maybe maybe those things aren't even great for you maybe in a lot of cases they aren't but i mean hey you gotta like uh you gotta you gotta reward yourself you can't just kind of go be a hermit somewhere because that's the only way like you said to, to ethic to ethically not consume yeah i I feel like a lot of what we're all saying here is you know the the old adage of don't let the perfect get in the way of the good um yeah. Yep. And, and, but I, I don't think that that message, especially in our circles, I don't think that message gets out enough, frankly. I know, I don't think we plan on this conversation going this direction. Um, and, and ironically it kind of applies to Bitcoin too, right? It's like, okay, yeah, Bitcoin's not perfect, but then look what it has done, you know? Um, 
And yeah, I, I, it's important that this gets out there, uh, because, and I know I've been there where I've been like kind of that hard line guy and like, and I, I kick myself for thinking of that, you know, for that I used to even think that way in any way. Um, but yeah, I'll just, I'll, I'll leave my point at that. Yeah, no, and I'm I'm guilty of it too, you know, in the, in the past when I was a little more, I don't know, amped up, I guess, or, you know, but, um, and I guess everybody, I'll give you another example too. I saw somebody on Twitter that's like, well, are you anti-war? Well, have you pulled out all your tax? Have you stopped paying taxes yet for to the war machine? And it's like, well, listen, like Penguin said, you don't know what else that, uh, that person's doing. Like maybe yeah. they're paying taxes. Maybe they... You know, maybe they have some front corporation so they they don't come take their kids away for not paying whatever the fuck thing or, you know, like you don't know what that maybe they've gotten everything else off the books. And that, yeah, sure, they still pay taxes. Also, by the way, taxes. Guess what? Again, nobody's hands are fucking clean. Taxes don't pay for the war anymore. This hasn't been true for a long time. It might have been true when Konkin wrote a lot of these books. But they just print it and borrow it now. Like, yeah, your taxes go for very little of the government spending. Okay. (laughs) So again, if you're using the dollar, which is what they're printing money to go pay for the war at all, like, never mind. You're just like, if you're just paying cash under the table or whatever and avoiding taxes, you're still supporting the war machine. So you can't be on somebody else for like, oh, well, you still pay your taxes. So you can't be empty war or whatever the fuck. You know, it's like, well, listen, like you don't know. Again, you don't know what that person's doing. You don't know what their life situation is. They might be making a lot of sacrifices to see the change they want to see in the world. And taxes just ain't one of them because X, Y, Z, fucking whatever reason. You know what I mean? Right. I pay taxes now and I am completely and totally truthful to the IRS whenever I pay taxes. <laughs> but like, you know, it's just like, listen, my my father started his business. Oh shit, I probably shouldn't. Have... Well, fuck it. <laughs> Just so because he was growing and selling weed at a time when it was legal. But guess what? You can't buy a house if you're fucking just buying and selling grass, right? Right. I could edit that out. <laughs> no, fuck it. it it's oh, legal. It's legal now. Listen, he's got like 12 foot plants in his backyard right now. He's happy and fucking it's legal there now. Whatever. That's <laughs> legal. Great. Okay. So where he is anyway. So but at the time, you know, okay. He was selling um, weed. I didn't know this till years later. I just thought we had a lot of friends. Okay. So as a kid, I didn't know this, but he told me years. I figured it out and told me years later, but he, he was selling weed and I guess he was mowing a few lawns or whatever at the same time, but it, most of his money was coming from weed. So he started a landscaping business as a cover because you couldn't buy a house from fucking weed money. Right. And he wanted to eventually buy a house. Right. And so to do that, you got to be taxed and show fucking, you know, especially if you're self-employed, you got to show income for three years and blah, blah, blah. So he started a landscaping company just as cover for his fucking weed business. Okay. So are you going to, you know, so then that allowed him to continue his gray market activity. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, so that cover and I wrote about this in an article a while back, but that cover of a little bit of like an, you know, um, what do you call it? Like compliance or whatever allows you to do a whole lot of other things that you might not have been able to do if you didn't just fucking pay a little bit of taxes and fill out your form. You know what I mean? Right. So like to, to shit on somebody 
So, like, if you just said to my father, well, you still support the war machine because you're paying taxes, like, motherfucker, like, my income is coming from ganja, and I put a bunch <laughs> of it into fucking, we go to our anti-war protest every, I was dragged to all the anti-war protests when I was a kid, and I hated it, I just wanted to go ride bikes, but, <laughs> um, but you get my point, though, it's like, yeah. you don't know what they're, what they're really fucking up to, they might be way more radical, radical than you, but they're p- fucking paying taxes for cover. And they started this business for cover for a whole lot of other fucking very radical activity that you're not aware of. So everybody should just fucking shut their mouth about what everybody else is doing. Yeah. Why would you be aware of like some of the some of the biggest things? There are things that you aren't going to be aware of for for very good reason. I mean, we've talked about that. What episode one of the podcast, you know, if you're if you want to. If you can either be loud and public about something it's a variation of that if you're going to be loud and public about something or you can be you know doing that sort of thing but you can't be both yeah exactly right yeah, yeah. All right any other well, points on this no I, I i think that's i think this was a good conver uh uh this that you were right though this needs to be needed to be said this irks me a lot I, I see it a lot still and it and it still irks me and I think everybody just needs to be more positive and supportive of each other rather than taking, you know, shots at the other person not doing enough. Or yeah, exactly. If you, right. if you broaden your idea of like I've mentioned this before, uh, it's gotta been on multiple podcasts, but I feel like in the pe- one of the past couple. Um, I mean, this is a really simple concept, so it's not surprising, but like when you go out there and you interact with people, um there's all sorts of people. So if you broaden your idea of what what is liberating and what is opposing the state or the establishment matrix of a system, um, a lot of people do things to liberate themselves. You don't have to be part of a radical liberatory ideology to do that. And we don't want to. So it's, it kind of goes back to the, the argument with Bitcoin, except I'm not going to take that stance on it. Where um, how do we get grandma to adopt this? Well, grandma can adopt this. Like grandma can garden. And it's just as liberal. It's just that can be just as liberatory as somebody that's like a um, ideological uh, agorist, agorist to um, be gardening, collecting rainwater and stuff like that. And but you'll be surprised how many people do these individual things because they are liberatory, even if they are not ideological agorists to have this kind of, you know, complete ideology, this, this, this kind of goal. And of course, when you go to Conkin's writings, that's kind of a direction you go with it, where there are the people that are the counter economists, but even if you're not talking about direct, like, um, I was word black market, stuff but people that are doing some sort of liberatory or kind of resisting the overall matrix of a system um and then there's the people that are doing things for ideological reasons and might co-opt them and 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 vice versa even and you kind of have to have like grandma adopting the liberatory strategy even if she doesn't read you know agorist primer yeah no i agree with you there yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, I will say, like, you know, just as as an addendum to it, um, and then you know, maybe we'll wrap things up. Um, I will say as an addendum, like, yeah, it's good to respect these, you know, respect what people are able to do and understand that you don't know where anybody else is coming from. And frankly, other people's business is not your business, you know, like that that's just 
how how it you know or at least that's how i i you know look at things um but you also you know if you don't agree with how some you know with somebody's activism or you don't agree with what they're doing or you don't agree with you know their lifestyle choices and all that other stuff well there's freedom of association you also don't have to have them in your life just because you have to respect their choices you know and all this doesn't you know doesn't mean that also i just want to be clear on that um but yeah again we're we're in we reach out to a lot of audiences that can be very hard line and i understand that and you know I, i'm sure we've all been there um but boy like yeah i mean the, the 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 core concept of i think what a lot of us are espousing is you know the respect principle and so let's just you know take it everywhere we can sure yeah you gotta go are you gonna yeah i, I should probably uh wrap up so this was the least wacky into the void we've had. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't wasn't as crazy. There no, no, no. butter issues, but um, yeah, it was a great conversation for sure. Well, yeah. okay, so wait, you got to answer one quick question because it's right. been a cliffhanger for like three episodes in a row. Oh boy! All right, all right. So you said on our okay, it was like the prologue before we even started into the void it was that yeah. one episode we had that just kind of went off the fucking rails and yeah. we started talking about some wacky stuff and you said what was it existence is tripartite yes okay. i did say that let's let's wrap if you got if you really got time let's wrap up with a uh what is the answer to that question oh or... man <laughs> <laughs> that's a big one <laughs> okay i mean we can leave it till next time but you know it's you know it's been uh yeah uh, it's um, up to you. It's up to you. If we need to leave it till next time, we'll leave it the next time. All right. I'll 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 give a hint, but you're gonna have you really and we will leave it for next time, but you're gonna have to listen to know what I'm saying. You're gonna you, you're gonna hear what I'm saying, and you're gonna say, wait, what? You know, and then but that but that's what I'm gonna leave it as. So the tripartite, all that means essentially is is that it's made up of three parts. Um and that is the structure and substance is the same between three things. The three things are the cosmos itself, the human being, or the sapient being, I should say, and listen to previous Into the Voids to understand why I say sapient being and not necessarily human, and the divine. But what do I mean by divine? That That's the censure. Um, and, I mean, I could give you a clue and say, like, like uh, the you infinite. Know, uh, yeah, well, the infinite and, you know, maybe directions that like, um, uh, Carl Sagan or even, um, Spinoza would go. Um, but I'm going, or maybe Einstein even, but I, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Those are the three parts. What does all that mean? You're going to have to listen next time. Ooh, another <laughs> cliffhanger. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but it's a little richer now because now you're like, wait a minute, this atheist is saying divine. What the hell is he talking about? Well, we'll find out interesting are you talking about humans being gods uh that well i i did say that the structure and substance of all three of those things are paradoxically the same so hmm, hmm. hmm. well you'll have to listen <laughs> next time uh, <laughs> then, all right, but, well, I, all right, well, hold on well one one more cliffhanger you're you i want you if you don't mind me saying this i want edit out if we need to penguin um but but I want sec. I want to hear about this dimensionality. I want to hear about the, these other dimensions, um, and I want to get in on that on that conversation too. So there we got we got two cliffhangers. How about that? We doubled up. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I want to we talk got... about the reign of frogs. That's what I want to get into. <laughs> the reign of frogs. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. 
Um, yeah, no, I'm down for next time. I, I'm trying not to, to get into it right now, so I'm just trying to keep it very, you know, I'm just, yeah, 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 uh-huh. yeah, you know what I mean. Right. <laughs> I'm trying well, we'll, we'll build up to where maybe that'll be the next cliffhanger, <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. Well, man, this has been uh, this has been a great conversation. I, this was uh, very um, yeah, I don't yeah. know, informative and it just, I think we all came to a uh, made some great points and um. Penguin had some bangers as usual. As usual. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, everybody listening to this will get a lot, a lot out of it. So thanks for coming I've, on again, man. I've learned a lot, honestly. I gotta say before you go, I've I've I'd like uh or I gained a lot from this conversation for sure. Yeah, well, we we questioned uh I, I think the a lot of the hearts of the legacy system we live in. So always a worthy conversation. Appreciate it, guys. All right. Thanks, brother. Have a good one. You too. See ya. Hey guys. Peace. Oh, be excellent to each other. Be excellent to each other. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I want.